Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here with us, either present or online watching. Welcome this morning. Uh, maybe you're excited that this is actually the last Sunday of our Dollars and Cents series so that you can maybe get that uh, little ditty out of your mind. There's money, 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 right? <laughs> it's waking me up at night for crying out loud. But uh, today... We are going to finish off our series called Dollars and Cents. And if you remember four weeks ago when we started this whole series, we put the series at this time of the season because we need to premeditate Black Friday. We need to premeditate the holidays. And how are we going to handle our finances? How are we going to handle our spending? And throughout the series, again, I have been using the Coke cans as a picture of our income, our earnings. And out of our earnings, we have to decide how much of it we are going to actually spend, how much maybe we're going to save, and then maybe is there a portion we are going to give away. And then with that, then I introduced the Pepsi cans, which represent debt because the majority of us at times overspend and we have debt. But then I also talked about just the budgeting piece there and the importance of budgeting. And within budgeting, obviously, we deal with debt as well, which we talked about last week. And there's such a thing called, yeah, bad debt, but then we introduced also something called good debt where when you spend the money, it actually increases your opportunity to make more money. So that might be investment in a house or investment in education. And so up here we have this picture of our finances in the Coke cans and the Pepsi cans representing debt, and then in the Diet Pepsi cans representing good debt, because Diet Pepsi is supposed to be a little better for you. But I want to finish this series off actually with the hardest talk for all of us to hear. You know, as far as, hey, making good sense of our money, we're okay with that, talking about budgeting and all that stuff, uh, not so hard talking about our debt. Uh, it's a little tough in that, because we all know we wrestle with it. But today's topic, I think, is the most difficult uh, for us to talk about, and that is making sense of giving. Making sense of giving. I got this uh, great email this week uh, from this series, and this is what it says. I enjoy my grandson one overnight a week. In the summer, we love to hit garage sales, and I am never one to pass up a bargain. He often sees me buying things for the kids who don't have anything. It is common for him to find a bag of treasures in the basement, only to be told, those are for Operation Christmas Child, the kids who don't have anything. I pray my example of giving will rub off on him. My grandson is four. Last week, my son told my grandson that he should go through his toys and give some to kids that don't have anything. My grandson quickly responded, Oh, you don't have to worry about them. Grandma Nisi buys stuff for them all the time. <laughs> right? Obviously, I need to work a bit more on being intentional so that he sees the need to give to others as well. Right? Thought you might enjoy this little chuckle. And I did, because this grandma is modeling for her grandson the whole idea of giving, right? And I love the grandson's response, because I think often it can be our response. 
hey, well, don't worry about it, Dad. Grandma's taking care of it. And that sometimes when it comes to giving can be our response. Hey, someone else, right? Someone else will take care of it. But in reality, the Bible teaches a lot on giving. And in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, this is what it says about the Bible. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped. So God's word is the standard by which we live by as Christ followers. And so we need to look at what does the Bible say then about the whole idea of giving, all right? So when it comes to giving, here is the teaching of what the Bible says. In Psalm 24, 1, it says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all the people who live on it. And so Psalm 24 gives us this picture that God owns it all. He owns it all, period, to start out with. In 1 Corinthians, in the New Testament, it says in chapter 16, verse 2, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. So this passage then brings out four brief points that we should give individually, regularly, methodically, and proportionately to our income. Now, when we go to the Old Testament in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything your land flow with. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with the finest wine. So there's three reasons that Christ followers are to give back to God. First, it's the right thing to do because it acknowledges that God is the source of all that we have. He owns it from the get-go and then provides it to us. But secondly, it's a means for him to provide blessing in our life as we allow him with open hands to take out of our lives, but then also we are able to receive. It allows his blessings to flow in and out of our lives. But thirdly, we reflect God when we give because God is a giver. John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so we see in Scripture that it teaches, and I just gave you like a, just a quick snippet, it teaches us to give. But I want to move from the teaching to here's the tension, right? We have a tension when it comes to giving, and here's our tension. Do we tithe, or are we supposed to just be cheerful givers? Do we tithe or are we supposed to just be cheerful givers, right? So let's look at the whole idea of the tithe. What is a tithe? 
A tithe basically means 10% of what you make is to be given back to the Lord, okay? So using these Coke cans here, it would say, hey, here's 10 Coke cans. One of them then would be set aside for giving, okay? So the word tithe means a tenth part. In the Bible, it speaks of the practice of giving a tenth of one's income to God. Specifically, it talks about and teaches to give the first part to God, okay? To give the best part to God and not if something is left over at the end, right? So often we play that game. We say, well, hey, if I have anything left at the end, then I'll give, right? But in Scripture, it teaches that when we have our income, we are supposed to set apart right away the 10% and give it unto God. It sort of goes back to the 1 Corinthians 16 too. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money. Now, in the Old Testament that, they would set aside a portion of their herd or a portion of their grain, their harvest, whatever it might be, to give to the Lord. So anybody, does anybody like Coke in here? Drink Coke? Who drinks Coke in here? Drinks, you drink Coke? Okay. Here, come on up here. Come on up here. So I want to give you 10 cans of Coke. All right? 10 cans of Coke. But would you be willing to give me one back? Yeah? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I'm not God, but there was just an interaction of God providing us 10 cans of Coke and then God basically saying, hey, would you mind giving me one back? You get the nine, I get the one. Pretty good trade-off, isn't it? Not so bad, right? It's pretty good. Pretty good deal. That's a picture of the tithe. Now, some people say, well, the tithe's in the Old Testament. It's Old Testament law. We don't have to follow it, right? Well, what's interesting is that actually the tithe predates the Old Testament law, which we often think of like just the Ten Commandments and that. In Genesis 14, 19, 20, it says this, Melchizedek blessed Abram with his blessing. Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has helped you conquer your enemies. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. And so prior to even the Mosaic law to Moses, tithing was already implemented. And so often we just think, well, you know, the Old Testament, it's Old Testament law. We're New Testament people. We don't have to follow it. Well, have we thrown out the Ten Commandments? Huh? No, I don't think so. And we still desire to follow that, right? So we have this tension. You know, is it a tenth that we are to set apart? Or we jump to the New Testament where it talks about, hey, we're supposed to just be cheerful givers, right? Cheerful giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? So what is it? You know, is it a tenth? Is it, hey, I'm just going to cheerfully give whatever I decide to give, right? But let me challenge each one of us, including myself, on this. So in the Old Testament, it says, hey, set aside 10%, 
right? New Testament, it says, hey, be a cheerful giver. Let me show you the average cheerful giver in the American church, okay? So out of all that we have been given, this is the average of the cheerful giver in the American church, 2%. 2% is what we cheerfully give back, okay? Now, what's interesting is the word cheerful in the Greek means hilarious, means it's fun, it's a gas, noticeably happy, prompted to do anything, ready to give, okay? And so my question to us in the room is, is this hilarious giving? Is it really hilarious giving? Because part of the challenge we have is once we get done living life and then we decide, hey, I'm gonna give, there's not much left to give. Or we struggle giving because we still, if we're honest, in our mind wanna get something else. Well, I still wanna get that, so I don't wanna give. So that's where this tension is. But as far as my wife and I, when we got married and we talked about our values together, we decided that from the get-go, we were gonna live as 10% givers. Why? It's so much easier to go ahead and divide out at the beginning 10% that goes unto the Lord and let it be done. As opposed to every time we go to give, we have to decide how cheerful we are or how cheerful we want to be. But, again, some people can do that and they've already decided out how cheerful they're going to be and they're going to give. So I'm not standing up here saying, hey, listen, it should be 10% or it just should be cheerful giving. This is a theological discussion for the ages, right? All I'm saying is, where are we honestly in our heart? Where are we honestly in our heart? Man, we love to cheerfully give 10%. It's been part of who we are, and then we love to give above and beyond that. But if you're here, then that's awesome. Continue to be here. But here's reality. Here's reality. People with the salary of less than $20,000 are eight times more likely to give than people that have a salary of $75,000 or above. The individuals that give the most or are most generous are individuals that actually have the per capita income of $33,000. And so our assumption that, hey, the more I make, hey, I'll be more generous or I'll give is not reality. In reality, the more we make, the less we tend to give or we struggle a little more with the cheerful giving. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 8 says this, and this is what is on each side of verse 7 I read. But remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And so God is saying, hey, listen, you know, be cheerful, be generous, give, because I will provide. As you give out, I will 
give in. As you give out, I will give in. And so I'm not going to stand up here and say, hey, you should tithe 10%. I'm not going to stand up here and say, hey, just be a cheerful giver. You'll have to decide how is it you want to live. But let me share some truth with you. Here's the truth, okay? If people would tithe 10%, Christ followers, all right? I'm not talking about uh, you know, people who don't know Jesus, or this, but just Christ followers would tithe, there would be roughly $165 billion within the church that they could utilize for ministry. How would this impact the globe? $25 billion could relieve global hunger, starvation, and death from preventable diseases in five years. $12 billion could eliminate illiteracy in five years. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues perfectly at places in the world where one billion people live on a dollar or less. $1 billion could fully fund overseas missions work, which would still leave $100 billion left for other work and ministry. And so there's this opportunity if 10% is tithed, okay? But in reality, 2% is what is cheerfully given, okay? And in reality, when it comes to the local church, 50% of people in the local church never give, okay? So... You have 50 people giving at 2%. And so what does that look like? Well, honestly, telling the truth, here at New Hope Community Church, it looks like struggle. We struggle. Matter of fact, we're four months into our budget year, and we are thousands and thousands of dollars behind because our giving isn't where we thought it would be. We have an emergency fund, like Dave Ramsey tells us to have, but we are down to 4% left in the emergency fund within the first four months. And to me, it's a wrestling between do we tithe or do we cheerfully give? Because here's the truth. If everyone at New Hope would tithe, we would always have enough to do what God has called us to do in the ministry here, together at New Hope Community Church, and if we would all tithe, we would never have a building campaign ever. We would be able to move forward and say, hey, you know, when we get to Bram or we got to do something different in Isani or this or that, we'd have the funds. We wouldn't have these extra capital campaigns. And so I think sometimes maybe God had it figured out here, but sometimes we just land here. But maybe God in our cheerful giving wants us to land here. I'm not sure. Each one of us has to check our heart. And that's why here at New Hope Community Church as well, we really encourage online giving. Because reality is sometimes if people aren't here, then people don't give on a regular basis as the Bible calls us to. They give when they're here. And so online giving allows our budget to be taken care of on a regular basis. Because the truth is, on 10%, we have what we need to do fully what God has called us to. On the 2%, right now, we're dangerously 
ready to go in the red and start to look at what is it we need to cut. Matter of fact, we went through the budget and looked at $58,000 of what we, don't, we can't do or we're not going to do. But I'm challenging us, obviously, to be givers because Jesus was a giver. Because let me end up with, here's the truth. Here's the, the, from the truth to here's the treasure. Here's the treasure. Here's what you're investing in financially when you give back your Coke, one Coke can to God. You are investing in all of our missions around the world. So we have Isani County, but we have beyond. And so here's a list of where you are investing around the world. You're investing in Mongolia, Northern Ireland. You're investing in Minneapolis. You're investing in third world church plants. Matter of fact, since we've been involved in third world church plants, they have planted over 51,000 churches in the last 11 years around the world. And we have planted some of those churches here at New Hope Community Church. We're involved in Northwest Angle Indian Reservations. We're involved in the Philippines, Japan. We support the persecuted church, the underground church. We support Net Lake Indian Reservation up north. We're down in Louisville with missions with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. We work within the Mexico uh, youth prisons. We are in Guatemala. We're in Nepal. And then also we have a sister church in Ukraine that we partner with and we support and help them. And so our beyond, what you invest, is doing ministry all over the world on a daily basis. But what about locally in Isani County? We have 20 different partnerships that we work alongside of and help support and that we serve. We are Alina Harbor Room, the Cancer Room, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon with the military, Changing Gates, which is recovery, Delwood Recovery, Family Pathways, which is the food shelf, Isani County Jail, Kanabic City Jail, County Jail, we're in there every week. Uh, Life Rice, packaging food, we did that this fall. Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, recovery. New Pathways, that's the homeless shelter that uh, we serve now down in our Isani campus, but they were here with us three weeks this uh, just this fall here. North 65 Chamber, Operation Christmas Child, Our Response, uh, Kivaruga, Rwanda, investing in that community. There's over 100 families here that sponsor a child in Kivaruga, uh, Rwanda. They're um, through uh, just support, sponsoring, helping with schooling, health products, those kind of things. Uh, we support the Pregnancy Resource Center, the Refuge Network, which is domestic violence against women and children. Uh, Ruby's Pantry, I think I got up there, Ruby's Pantry. That was just yesterday. 238 families came through our Isani campus, and that for $20, they can get $140, $50 worth of food. 238 families came through. Safe Haven Foster Shop, that's our Isani campus as well. Provides clothes, foods, backpacks, school supplies for children in foster care. Shalom Thrift Shop right in town and Together for Good, uh, fostering as well, and Young Life. I mean, so you think about the, your investment, the, the, the treasure of missions beyond what's taking place in our county. Every week, on average, there's 1,000 people that go through our facilities, whether it's worship, whether it's youth groups, whether it's Bible studies, whether it's women's ministry, men's ministry, in our facilities, a thousand people are coming through every week utilizing them. 
Your investment supports, obviously, staffing, ministry resources, our facilities, obviously, our utilities, lights, sound, all that, our insurance, maintenance, uh, marketing, and our community investments and that. So this bigger picture of as you give, it goes and does ministry. But I've invited uh, up to you to see firsthand what your ministry dollars invest in. So I've invited Vinny here this morning to run with me uh, from campus to campus. And I was at Vinny's school this week, and Vinny came up and he said, hey, Pastor Bill, I'm going to take your job one day, you know, and that. <laughs> and then I said, hey, Vinny, you can travel with me anytime. And, I, and that. so I called his mom up. I said, hey, I'm calling Vinny on it, you know, and that. And, uh, and so I, I wanted to ask Vinny a few questions. And Vinny, you know, the first question is, why is Jesus, your relationship with him, important to you? Because he's my savior, and he forgave my sins when I was in first grade. Yeah, and that's huge, right? Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. So, Vinny, what, what has been the transformation, or what is Hope Kids here do as far as you growing in your relationship with Jesus? Because every time we watch a funny video, it's always relating to a Bible verse. And every time we play games, it's Bible verses and stuff. And I can see my friends, yeah. Yep. So how has, like, just growing in your relationship with Jesus helped you live at home? It helps me because sometimes my sisters fight, and I just pray to God, and I break it up. And you break it up? Yeah. yeah. So do you ever fight? Or you... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's call you on that one, right? Yeah, yeah. So... As far as your relationship with Jesus and coming to New Hope, why is it you like to come to New Hope? I like it because when you close your eyes and the priest, I mean the pastor's talking, you can just see the vision of what they're saying. Yep. And so being involved in your relationship with Jesus is pretty important. Yeah. Right? And Vinny, how old are you? I am 11 years old. 11 years old. Yeah. Here's your investment. In Psalm 145, it says this. It says, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. And so we are investing just in those around you. If you look to the right or to the left, the front or the back, you are investing in our youth, which 150 gather every week in Bram, Cambridge, Isani, you're investing in our children's programs, our children's hundreds every week, Cambridge and Isani. And this is the next generation of Christ followers. And who knows, maybe Vinny will be up here in the next generation and he'll boot me out and that's just fine. Okay? But when it comes to giving, let's look at the bigger picture, not only of what does God call us to do? But then to have a heart transform in the idea of, man, I can cheerfully give towards that. Because in reality, you know, ministry, not only in Isani County, but beyond, needs financial resource to exist and to move forward. And God has that figured out through his word. And that's why he teaches us on it. But my greatest desire is that we recognize we invest in one another and we invest in our youth and our children 
coming up after us. And so I just ask that you would bow with me and that we would just pray together over our youth, our children, and that God would allow us to reach this next generation for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all that you've provided for us. And we know, Lord, that you have called us to give back to you. And Lord, I pray that as we see the investment right in Vinny, that we would recognize that our treasure isn't stored up on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves get in and steal. But our ultimate treasure is in heaven where many, 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 many people will be because they have heard of Jesus, they have received Jesus as their Savior and Lord, as Vinny has. And so I pray, Lord God, that we would be cheerful givers. In your holy name, amen. Thanks, Vinny.